0: Happy Monday. Beautiful fall weather here in the Midwest. The leaves are turning colors. Frost on the pumpkins. Great weekend. Uh, Just the most wonderful time of the year, gentlemen. I am Steve Dace, your Todd Erzen, your Aaron McIntyre. We have a jam-packed show lined up for you guys today. Um, I want to start, though, with this very important note from a listener to the show, Jacob Miller. Who says, you know what? You guys weren't lying. Which implies that at times maybe we are. Uh, I don't have a white girl sweet tooth for pumpkin spice like you do, Dace. But I am a pumpkin pie enthusiast like Todd. And you're right. The Built Bar Pumpkin Pie Protein Bar is everything pumpkin pie should be. And I thought Todd was kidding about the whipped cream aftertaste. But lo and behold, it is there. Excellent endorsement. And the most important words in his email. Go Blue.
1: Wow. Thoughts? Considering you said that during a Bilk Bar commercial, I mean these are combating idolatry, so wow. <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's something. I think. Yeah, Thanks. Um, I prefer the term fandoms.
0: <laughs> We're going with that on the show. I think I debriefed you on that, didn't I? We're using the term fandoms, not dueling idolatries. So make a note. Can we start this one over, Aaron? Is that possible? Or hey, sure, already go one, out live? One, one second here. No. Yes, okay. <laughs>
1: those those I remember. This is about the coattails for me. So there, I, that was not a pejorative. That act like it, or That was not
0: a pejorative in there. All right. Follow the approved talking points and act like <laughs> it. For goodness sakes, <laughs> don't call me on my own BS. What do you get off? Uh, if you also want to find out how great the new pumpkin pie flavored Bilt Bar is from our friends over at Bilt Bar right now, whether it's that or any other other great flavors. One of my buddies actually told me the the puff they made for BYU. They're like cougar puff because, you know, they're like, aren't they like sp- doing the NIL for BYU's football yep. program out there, I think. They I saw were last year, at least. Are you yeah. kidding me? I, th- I saw last year they were, yeah. Wow. But they apparently did, like, a built Bar Puff for BYU's football team. And so... My buddy who sent this to me is a New York Jew, so it's not like he would he's out there looking for B, you know, BYU content, okay? He's just trying to find good taste and stuff. He's like, "Holy cow, man, this thing is great." Okay? So,
1: I've not tried that one yet, but if is, you want Is this Theology Thursday right now? We got New York Jews, <laughs> Mormons' uh idolatry. Bill Bar is bringing people together. Yes. But
0: various persuasions, 15% off right now when you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T for Built Bar. 15% off if you use the promo code days to get the best protein bar on planet Earth. Built.com for Built Bar. All right, coming up at the bottom of this hour, we will get an update on the latest data and COVID news. Can you guys believe Boston University is out there trying to isolate more, even more lethal coronaviruses? I can't believe it. Because... No one's been punished and put behind bars yet. And so we'll we'll get into that with our buddy, Phil Kirpin, who we haven't talked to in a while. He's going to join us at the bottom of this hour. Then next hour, Trump's Truth Social takes center stage with our Ask Me Anything. No topic is off limits. I've not seen the questions ahead of time. Todd gets to select them, and we spend the hour going through them. That's coming up next hour on the show. But before we get to all of that, let's begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by, once more, TrialsAndExecution.com. Anthony Fauci was interviewed by ABC News, and he was asked why the schools were closed as long as they were. I don't want to use the word mistake, John, because if I do, it gets taken out of the context that you're asking me the question on. If you go back, and I ask anybody to go back over the number of times that I've said we've got to do everything we can to keep the schools open, no one plays that clip. They always come back and say Fauci was responsible for closing schools. I had nothing yeah. to do. He also added... So what's the biggest misconception about you? You know, I don't know, John. I think the misconception is that I was misleading people. Moderna CEO Stefan Bansell says he's excited about a new mRNA jab his company is working on for people who have suffered, and I'm not making this up, heart attacks. We have now in a clinic,
0: a uh, super exciting program when we inject mRNA in people's heart after a heart attack to grow back new blood vessel to help revascularize the heart. So
2: it's a bit like science fiction medicine, but that's, that's what is really exciting to me. Adventures in dementia, here's Joe Biden.
0: I married up. I was one of those guys I, my whole life. I've been surrounded by women who've taken care of me, maybe they're smarter than I am. My younger sister used to be three years younger than me. Now she's 23 years younger. There's not a single solitary Biden man that is as o- younger than any Biden woman. And, uh, and and my wife. Is, by the way, we're at a community college. My wife is teaching today. My wife is a full-time college professor at a community college.
2: In completely unrelated news, here's this tweet from New York Times White House correspondent Katie Rogers. Quote, the first lady is the White House's most requested surrogate. Dems have been telling her POTUS is too old. She continues to shut it down. She's powerful in the West Wing. After the president's two-hour press conference, aides had to answer to her. Polling roundup: the last four consecutive polls tracked by interactive polls on Twitter. As this is being recorded, have Republicans ahead on the generic ballot. Harvard-Harris has Republicans up by six. Rasmussen has Republicans up by seven. CBS has Republicans up by two. And Trafalgar has Republicans up by five. A new Trafalgar Group poll of Ohio has J.D. Vance leading Democrat Tim Ryan 47.3% to 43.8%. A new People's Pundit poll of Arizona shows Blake Masters trailing Democrat Mark Kelly in that Senate race by less than a percentage point. In the gubernatorial race, People's Pundit has Kerry Lake up by nearly Four points against Democrat Katie Hobbs. Speaking of Lake, she went on CNN for some reason, but she, of course, delivered.
1: I want to say in 2000, Al Gore conceded. In 2004, John Kerry conceded. In 2016, Hillary Clinton conceded. And we didn't see that in 2020. That's the difference. And so the question is are you undermining faith in elections by saying that the 2020 election? was stolen when there's absolutely no evidence to
3: support that
1: dana in 2018 stacy abrams never conceded she still
3: hasn't i don't hear cnn calling her an election denier we have the right it's protected with our first amendment to question our government and to question elections no question we still have the first amendment we still have the first amendment and when you start seeing the media cancel people for questioning their government then that's when we have a problem. I I totally agree about the First Amendment. You and I are uh, benefiting for the First Amendment as we speak.
2: New York Times tweets, As the U.S. becomes less white, white supremacy could simply be replaced by or buffeted by a form of light supremacy in which fair-skinned people perpetuate a modified anti-blackness rather than eliminating it, writes Charles Blow. How You Play the Game update, this is a mom speaking to the Encinitas Union School District Board in California about so-called family-friendly drag shows.
3: If you follow it to its logical conclusion, you can slap family-friendly titles on anything. You can have family-friendly gentlemen's clubs, family-friendly strip shows, family-friendly Fifty Shades of grade read read-alouds. Will you apro- approve my flyer if I want to host in all the sex secrets of the Kama Sutra for kids and families if... It's family-friendly. my <laughs> question. Wow. Uh, what is it about a grown man? And I honestly, sincerely, as a woman, mean this. What is it about a grown man costumed in a sparkly bra with augmented boobs busting out a leather miniskirt barely covering his twerking ass with tuck tape on his front while spreading his fish netted legs as he rides on the ground grinding his groin next to a minor family friendly you owe us an answer and you know you don't get to hide by just taking something down off peach tree and calling it a day you owe an explanation right. and an apology yeah. to yeah. everyone. A massive problem with child porn, with sex trafficking. You a little school district board of adults made the decision to feature an event to hypersexualize young children. Do you wanna know that the word that defines that? it's groomer
2: meanwhile in virginia democratic virginia delegate elizabeth guzman is a social worker and she's planning on reintroducing a bill in richmond that she says would help protect lgbtq children from their parents and guardians who may not be affirming of their child's sexual orientation and gender identity. This is how we're going to push back. Her bill would expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity or sexual orientation. There's an investigation also in place that is not only, you know, from a social worker, but there's also a police investigation before we make the decision that there is going to be a CPS charge. The state delegate who introduced that bill has since backed down. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee with Tulsi Gabbard out of the Democratic Party, title of hottest Democrat, goes back to Nancy Pelosi. And that's what happened while we were away.
0: That's
1: quite a swing. Huh? That's quite a swing. <sighs> my head was on a swivel there. Uh, Aaron's
0: montage after that appropriately brought to you by my underwear.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: If you know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. Uh, Tommy John makes the absolute best underwear I've ever tried. There's a whole script here they want me to read. I'm just going to skip all that and tell you that. I, The best thing I can tell you is I've paid for it out of my own pocket numerous times ever since they gave me the first three pairs to try for free. That's how good it is. The non-rolling waistband, four times the stretch of competing brands, lightweight fabric that is also breathable, beyond comfortable. And that's why Tommy, Tommy John Doesn't just have fans, they have fanatics with thousands upon thousands of five-star reviews nationwide. And right now you can try Tommy John. 20% off when you go to Tommyjohn.com slash Steve. 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order when you go to Tommyjohn.com slash Steve. They've got stuff for the ladies as well at Tommyjohn.com slash Steve. Coming up in the overtime today, we're going to get into the latest election numbers Um, for now. I, w- I want to say this and then let you guys comment. We- we'll move on because we gonna get more into detail coming up in uh, the overtime today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where we will upload it after we record it following today's program and then you'll be able to watch it there today. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber at blazetv.com slash dace, if you're not yet, one, not yet one and would like to become one, go to blazetv.com slash dace. Get signed up today, just 10 bucks a month for a subscription to Blaze TV. Two things, though, I want to say. Number one, the Red Wave, barring something unforeseen. Now, I should quantify what I mean unforeseen in an era of things that we have seen that we would have previously said are unforeseen. Okay. Um, our definition, like many other definitions these days, our definition of unforeseen is not quite as entrenched as it once was. No. Fair? Yes. All right. So, what do I mean? I mean, um, a nuclear exchange in Ukraine is what I would say. Um, the strain that Boston University and everybody there ought to be arrested already for investigating upon uh, gets out with an 80% um, lethality ratio, which in that case, we won't be having any elections because um, it'll be the stand, okay? Um, something of that nature, right? And and by the way, I don't know what a nuclear exchange in Ukraine would do. I, I could see it swing... Both ways. I mean, I, 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 I think you could make just as much of a compelling case that we would go from like red tsunami, which is where I think we're at now. And I'll get into that in the overtime to like red smod, like a instead of a cataclysmic event, like an extinction level event, because the entire argument would be based on you can make an entire argument that we're only experiencing this. Because we chose to waste an entire year of month of time and energy getting involved in a fight between dueling wings of the Habsburg dynasty, the thugocracy wing Putin versus the corruptocracy wing Zelensky, right, that we instigated that there will be just as many it's just as likely that that will be the thought. That that's a failure of our foreign policy, as it is even more that even even more we have to rally around to save Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't I don't know what the reaction to that would be. I hope we do not find out. All right, but that's that's what we're t- for us to get to the unforeseen now. After what we have seen over the last few years, guys, we have to see a nuclear exchange or Captain Trips. That's what it takes to get to the unforeseen now because unforeseen isn't quite what unforeseen used to mean.
1: Aliens are even on the table now. So. Yeah, notice
0: that I didn't even mention them. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, the government just tells us they're real, and we're like, whatever, dude. Anyway, uh, back to Captain Trips, right? Okay. So, barring something of that level, the red wave to me now is the floor. And the, this gets me to point two. You can see this now in the way that the regime's own polling is attempting to back-correct now. Make no mistake, the New York Times-Siena poll is basically a Democratic super PAC poll. So if they are telling us a few weeks before the election that the generic ballot is plus five, at at this point this is too much water to carry. This is a conversation you and I've been having the last few weeks, like about the the drilling that they got in the White House press room yeah. about Biden's dementia. Right. Why now? The w- and, and I think the argument you made was the baggage, the water's too heavy to carry now. The it's the baggage is too obvious and it won't generate any positive result. You'll just be throwing out credibility with tape rolling right. t- for no ROI. You'll get nothing back. And so they might as well go ahead and, and practice some form of legitimate uh, good practices at this moment with the 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 outcome all but assured right you yes. be honest about it now and we're like this we're like this about our favorite teams right like <clears throat> If you're in a season where uh, Aaron, your Hawkeyes are struggling, or Aaron, your Badgers are, or or, or Todd, your Badgers are. Packers too, throw them in. Packers are, or my Wolverines or Lions are. When it becomes obvious at that juncture that the die die is cast, that that the trajectory of that season is locked in and isn't moving in a positive direction, all of a sudden now all the scales fall off your eyes and you're just honest about everything that you didn't want to be honest about the whole time until that realization set in, right? So... That's what's happening with this polling, is they are, and and here's, by the way, for those of you that are sitting at home right now with your arms crossed saying, well, they'll just steal it, okay? No, they won't. They don't have the polling there. In fact, I hope you're right. I want them to do that. I desperately want them in in, in the face of this narrative to just flat out steal it, because what we need, we need more things of that nature to wake more and more people up to the nature of the spirit of the age. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't believe they'll do that. I think they're sending the signal here. This is Penn State taking Sean Clifford out at the end of the game Saturday and putting the freshman in to get some run. You're waving the white flag. This We lost this game. We're moving on. We'll see you next week. All right. And I think that's what these polling narratives that are now mirroring what people like People's Pundit and Rasmussen and Trafalgar were telling you a month or two ago. All of the regime's polls now are telling you this. And so they 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 won't have the two things that they had in 2020 to steal it. They'll have they'll have the mass mail in voting in some of their places, but not all of them like they had in 2020. So that's three. Actually, the other two things they won't have. They won't have the polling narrative that they could turn to. They had a year long narrative of polls of of negative negativity about Trump personally to set sort of a, 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 a premise that this was possible that Trump was uniquely so unpopular that Republicans could gain 14 House seats and Trump still loses the presidential election. All right? they, they had an entire year of polling data to enter that into the subconscious of the people. They don't have that now. The other thing they don't have is the margins are going to be so vast it'll be outside the margin of cheating. I mean, look at the amount of cheating that has gone on in Georgia to win by 13,000 votes. As I've said every time this subject has come up, Number one, they stole the election. Number two, it takes a lot more to steal an election than I think a lot of you understand. Like, this is the point I've been making about Georgia, and then on Friday they had a debate, and everything that I saw of the debate is Herschel Walker performed very well. Um, Eight points is what the 2014 Georgia Senate election was decided by. David Perdue won by eight points in 2014. That was a difference of almost 300,000 votes. In this environment, which at a minimum is the environment of 2014, probably even more, even more red in this environment. There's hundreds of thousands of people in Georgia that are going to be like, Hey, yeah, no to Stacey Abrams, but yes to Raphael Warnock. No, there's not. There's not. Nope. There's not. Not going to happen. So, The regime now is attempting to save itself. It recognizes that this is lost. And is attempting so that when they try, whether it's Trump or DeSantis as the nominee in 24, because that's who it will be. When they try to, this is an attempt to recover their lost integrity. So that in 24, they can begin their fake news polling narrative again. Well, these guys are just uniquely unpopular. We already knew that about Trump, and now we got little Don and and Ron DeSantis. You know what I'm saying? Uh So this is their attempt in the last few weeks. This is the point in the game when the other coach waves the white flag and puts the backups in, okay? Salvage some dignity. Walk away they're they're trying to to backlog some of their credibility here with their own polling that's what the recent spate of things you saw over the weekend from the regime indicates they know the game is over
1: yeah i mean the only thing i think i might add other than the unforeseen that would happen organically is the unforeseen that is manufactured as one last Hail Mary by this same group that you're talking about mm-hmm. that is now hedging its bets accordingly, but that doesn't mean that they they won't throw one last hail Mary. I think that's well within their means.
0: It is. I just don't know. Tell me what that would be. I, don't, I I don't know what it is. Like I I don't. They have there there's there's literally nothing on the table. I mean nothing. They had an entire year to conjure that up. By the way, they had an entire year to try to artificially inseminate the economy they made no attempts to do that okay um they just did the green new deal and called it the inflation recovery reduction act
1: right i i don't know there's but there's i'm of two minds of this there is the people the puppet string people that honestly i think they would be the, the the great reset organizers they'd be fine trump winning again because of what they viewed, how they viewed they manipulated that this time, trying to crater that thing a second time, God only knows how. But then there's the followers who just can't even about that. They don't understand how they're being manipulated. And you just saw it in with with Carrie Lake. Like, it's just, you look at, she bothers them. The thought of Trump going back there, not because it's even smart, but they won't be able to help themselves on mm-hmm. some last grand narrative and of course i don't know what that is because i didn't know what you know i didn't expect covid to happen or transgenderism either but some version of crazy but uh, that notwithstanding i'm just for the, i agree wholeheartedly with your overall analysis
0: by the way speaking of carrie lake looking at uh, people's pundits polling there i i don't believe in this environment it is possible unless something about blake master's personal life comes out in the last few weeks that we do not know which you have to think, if they had that, they would have ran that out already on us. Okay, barring something, some kind of personal scandal with him. In this environment, I don't believe there's four points worth of difference of people in Arizona that are going to say, "I want Carrie Lake as my governor and and Mark Kelly as my senator."
1: Yeah, the state I don't believe is, that in the state that just approved school choice. And yeah, everybody's I just I just don't believe it. that.
0: And I think if Rich was here and we asked him to project what he thinks will happen on election day. He, that's not what he's doing. He's taking a snapshot poll of right now. But he would look at the trend lines, I promise you, if, if we had Rich back like we had him here last week and said, project this out for me and show me where there's four points difference of people in Arizona who are like, because in, in, while Kelly is a different candidate Perception-wise, than uh, Katie Hobbs is for sure. Like in Georgia, Herschel Walker is a different candidate than Brian Kemp, but Warnock and Abrams are right. the same candidate. It's the inverse of that in Arizona. Masters and Lake are the same candidate, right? And so, if you're turned off by Kerry Lake's Trumpian antics, and you're going to be like, "But I'm, but I'm, I'm," and and. Uh, that's my point. It would work the other way around. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that there's four points of people that are going to vote for Carrie Carrie Lake and not vote for Blake Masters. Aaron, what are your thoughts? I tend to
2: agree with that. Here's what I would ask, though. Is there something unique in Arizona? Because Carrie Lake was on the television, now not statewide. I think it was the Phoenix area. Mm -hmm. But she is obviously going to have, because of her previous work, previous vocation, she's going to come into any race there with pretty pretty decent name ID. Blake Masters, not, not so so much. Yep. Uh, Mark Kelly is the incumbent, if I'm Excellent not mistaken. Question. Yep. So he already has high name ID. Is this a name ID issue? Yes. I don't. I don't think the. the You're four exactly points.
1: correct. Not only and is I he think, the incumbent, he's the husband of, of the gal. Of, I can't remember who got shot. Correct. Uh, and yes. he's an astronaut, oh, yeah. right? Yes. yes. I mean, he's not just some schlub. Correct.
0: But and, four points worth doesn't. doesn't. And, but you. That's exactly right. It's largely name ID, and so this is this is this is where we get into the term of coattails. You're coming out to vote for Carrie Lake because you saw her. Let's say, let's say there's one point, which is a hell of a lot of people, okay? You're talking tens of thousands of people for it to be one point, right? Let's say there's one point of people. Let's say Rich's poll right now is exactly correct, all right? And let's say there's one point of people that have no clue who a Blake Masters is, but they've seen Carrie Lake on TV a lot and they love her, all right? One point of people, let alone four, one. When they get to the polling booth, they go to vote for Carrie Lake, and they look down on their ballot, and the very next spot on their ballot says U.S. Senate, Mark Kelly, Democrat, Blake Masters, Republican. Even if they don't even know what the hell a Blake Masters is, okay, what are those people more than likely going to do?
1: Vote for Masters. They're going to vote for Masters, yeah.
0: And that's what we mean by coattails at the top of the ticket. Mm -hmm. That's what we mean by that. OK, there's and that's the same thing with Brian Kemp and Herschel Walker. Now, I think Walker's performance on Friday put a lot of people, a lot of people at ease. OK, but that's the same thing. Nine po- points of people in Georgia. You're talking about over 300,000 people, guys, over 300,000 people, over 300,000 people. were going to walk into a polling booth in Georgia, look at Brian Kemp and then vote for Raphael Warnock. No, they weren't they were never going to do that because that's not how human nature operates it doesn't work that way all right go back and look at the 2010 go back and look at the 2010 uh, race we had here in Iowa for governor and the judicial retention election and what you're going to see is that the governor and retention elections were almost the exact same finishes because the amount of people that were going to go vote Against the judges and then vote for the Democrat Mm -hmm. governor. Not very large. The amount of people that were going to go vote for the Republican governor and vote not to get rid of the judges. Not very large. It actually went the other way. There were more people willing to vote for the rhino governor than willing to vote to get rid of the judges. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it actually tilted more that other way. But, but the, but there is, this is, this is why I'm so convinced they stole the election. And I was convinced before my buddy called me up outside the Philadelphia, you know, courthouse with boarded up walls as an official monitor of the election for the Trump campaign and said, Steve, the winner wouldn't let us in against the law. Before that even happened, I'm sitting on stage with Glenn Beck. I'm just going over the returns. There is a there is a symmetry and a congruency to human nature. There's a reason why the history doesn't just repeat, it rhymes. There's a reason why what goes around comes around. There's a, there's a reason why those who have not learned from history are doomed to repeat it. There's a reason why past history is always the best indicator of future performance. Why, why are those sayings so paramount? Because there's a symmetry and congruency to human nature. And they're just mathematically it wasn't possible for there to, there to be the level of outliers that we saw in the 2020 election They just, it wasn't possible before we even got to boarded up windows and, and blacked out, blacked out, you know, views. Okay. And you know, the, the 12 days of counting, OK, on the 10th ther- day of counting, my vote counter gave to me before we even got to any of that. I just sat here looking at the returns and like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here live on the blaze, losing my mind over Antrim County, Michigan, before most people even knew about that story. Because there is a symmetry to it. And you cannot mathematically have as many outliers. The idea... That he was going to perform better than any Republican has in modern times at the same time with blacks and Hispanics. And the other guy was still going to get 80 million votes. No, no, that's no. no, nope. Just cannot happen. It cannot happen mathematically. It can happen with shenanigans. Sure, it can happen that way. Right. And so there is a there is there is a rhythm to human nature. And And the amount of people, if in a strange way, if people were capable of the level of critical thinking it would take to have Brian Kemp win by nine points and Herschel Walker lose. Guys like Mitt Romney and John McCain would never win Republican primaries. the The high name ID douchebag, Rhino, who buys all these primaries nationwide, wouldn't win. People would like take the time to investigate the candidates. They'd research their rec. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if, if there was that level of critical thinking in mass, in the populace, more Carrie lakes would win primaries. She would Ron DeSantis wouldn't be an outlier. It would, it would be the norm because that would indicate the amount of people that have done their homework, know what's going on, things of that nature. The vast majority of people who vote, whether in a primary or in a general, aren't thinking about this at the level that the people that watch and listen to shows like this are. And the point I made last week, 15 to 20 million people come to the blaze a month. That's an incredible number. I mean, that's, that's not even a third of the vote that Trump got in 2020. Not even a third of it. There's a lot of other people out there, man, that are just doing random acts of citizenship. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so keep that in mind. And how do you tell Anthony Fauci is lying?
1: He's talking. His lips are moving. Yeah.
0: Well, when you're dealing with something like your mortgage payment is 189% higher now, than it was when joe biden took office it is more important than ever before to make sure you can get the absolute best interest rates available that's why you want to go to our friends over at ScoreMaster. that's what they do a lot of your credit companies now will at least show you what your score is you used to have to pull teeth just to get that but will they walk you through and show you why you have the credit score that you do scoremaster does that and then we'll show you if you want to sign up how to get to the score you need or want specific actions that you can take will help guide you through that process we use scoremaster this time last year when we wanted to get the lowest uh, rate we could for the refi of our home so we've seen how it can work as well if you want to try it today go to scoremaster.com slash Steve takes just about a minute to get started you shouldn't have to wait months to see what your uh, best score could be scoremaster.com Dot com slash Steve sign up for free see how many plus points you can add to your score and then if you decide you want to go with them they'll show you exactly how to get to that score when you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve good friend of the show joins us now uh, Phil Kirpin who of course was on the show quite a bit uh, when we were debunking a lot of the lies regarding COVID data and more and it's good to have you back here on the show Phil how you been brother
4: I'm good how are you
0: I'm good. To, I'm good. Good to see you. I, I have to begin by asking you, because both of us retweeted the thread from Tom Elliott over at Grabian, which is, you know, the endless amount of Anthony Fauci walking, you know, walks of shame. I mean, the, the guy, and, and what is it, the, the, what is it about Neil Cavuto that he just gets, 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 gets to go on that guy's show regularly and just routinely lie to people, right? But he's now claiming he had nothing to do with school closures, despite yeah, all of the remark. times that he did have something to do with it. Your thoughts on that, Phil, to get us started.
4: Well, we know, we, we all remember what happened, right? Uh, the whole rest of the world was opening schools, in particular all the European countries, really opened them for the end of the 2019-2020 you know, school year, where almost no place in the U.S. did. And then we went into that summer, and uh, it looked like everything was on track for openings. We had the American Academy of Pediatrics saying all the schools should be open. And then, of course, Donald Trump did that event at the White House where he said the schools should be open, and I was actually there. Um, and then a few days later, you had a total reversal in a literal joint statement with the Teachers Union and the American Academy of Pediatrics. They said, actually, you know, schools should probably maybe be closed based on metrics, this, that, or the other thing. And Fauci uh, was singing from the exact same song sheet uh, with this total reversal and betrayal of children. And the, But, you know, he used his typical weasel worded approach so he wouldn't say hey all the schools should be closed what he would say is oh we should do everything we can to try to open schools but if there's covid obviously you have to close them you know if there are cases you have to close them and um you know we knew there would be cases everywhere and so uh he was you know his his school should be open you know unless dot 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 or they should be open safely dot dot. dot. that meant they should be closed and everyone knew it at the time. It was clear exactly how it was being used. And uh, um, you know now, of course, he's trying to use you know sort of the throwaway sentences at the beginning of all those sound bites to say, hey, I said they should be open. I didn't close them. I don't know anything about it.
0: Phil, when was the last time Anthony Fauci told the truth?
4: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I didn't know him in the 60s. I wasn't alive then. I mean, look, I, mean, I don't think he's been honest about anything. <laughs> Um, you know, certainly in the COVID era, and you go back and, you know, I think a lot of us have revisited kind of the history of AIDS and the role he had and all of that, and he was pretty abysmal then as well. And, you know, those are sort of the, you know, the the two times he was sort of the lead figure um, in a fight against a major health pandemic, he completely failed and was completely dishonest every step of the way both times. Uh, So it's kind of shocking that he got the chance to do it for a second time, and yet here we are.
0: I also find it fascinating. I mean, the the amount of gaslighting that went on over the weekend, AP trying to run a fact check saying, well, they never claimed that their jabs would stop transmission, um, except for all the times in public that they did. That was actually the entire uh, origin of the uh, jab mandate that Biden tried. Uh, Last fall, uh, he announced that on September the 9th, even though on August 6th, Show Walensky went on CNN a full month prior, went on CNN and admitted with the onslaught of the Delta variant that the jabs no longer were effective against transmission and that, in fact, even the vaccinated could get the disease, could get the virus and spread it. She said that on national TV on August 6th, and yet on September the 9th, they said that that they were going to impose this anyway. They maintained for months if you take these jabs, you won't get the virus, you won't spread the virus. The attempts to gaslight this now and i find it fascinating too that you're not seeing fauci and a bunch of people out there even trying to comment on that revelation that came out of the eu parliament last week almost as if they're trying to bury that on one hand and on the other hand the amount of heavy lifting that people like the ap attempted to do over the weekend to make it look like don't believe what your actual eyes actually saw and heard over the last couple of years your thoughts on that
4: well, you know the pfizer and moderna trials really were never designed uh to find out whether they were stopping infections or stopping transmission they were designed around stopping symptomatic illness and that's because they didn't have any regular testing in them they only people only tested if they felt sick and they went to get a test to find out if it was COVID. And so they didn't have, you know, the AstraZeneca test on the other hand, uh, the AstraZeneca trial on the other hand did have weekly testing and it wasn't very effective for that. So I think Moderna and Pfizer were smart enough to say, let's not even test for that. Let's not even do regular testing. uh, And then we won't have to, uh, you know, answer if the results for that are poor, and I think it, it's pretty clear from what we've seen in the real-world data that uh, the effects were very poor uh, in terms of stopping uh, infections and stopping forward transmission, and uh, they waned very, very quickly. And of course, you know, by the time we got to January and the Omicron variant had had come in and become dominant, there was literally zero effect on infection and zero effect on transmission. And in fact, there were a number of countries that were showing. Negative vaccine mm-hmm. efficacy for Omicron for transmission for uh, infection and transmission, and I remember we filed a brief with the Supreme Court just laying out the facts uh, of uh, you know what was going on in the world at that point because it was so absurd uh, that we were mandating vaccines on the logic that they would protect others, and yet we had mountains of data showing that they did no such thing, and yet of course you know the Supreme Court split the baby and they kept. Uh, the cms mandate even though they struck down the osha mandate and here's the thing that people don't necessarily know because most people think COVID's over we still have a lot of mandates in this country Mm -hmm. unlike by the way almost the entire rest of the world we still have mandates for foreign travelers into the united states we're now on a list of countries that's basically down to us china north korea indonesia The Philippines, Pakistan, and Libya—those are the last countries still banning. Who doesn't want to be on an exclusive list with Libya, Phil? Embarrassing group to be a part of. And we've got uh, the CMS mandate on healthcare workers. You can still be fired as a healthcare worker if you don't get this vaccine. We still have the um, we still have the head start mandate you can't work in a head start unless you have this vaccine uh we've still got uh all kinds of these crazy policies military it's still mandated or they Mm -hmm. will discharge you from the military and so there's no rationale for these policies we now know that clearly and yet the united states is sort of the one place in the world where they live on thanks to this administration refusing to admit error
0: thank you to this administration as well since joe biden took office inflation, just using their own grossly underestimated numbers that are then also taken out of context because it's a rate that's presented to you holistically rather than applied individually across the board to how much are you truly paying more for all of these various goods and services, right? Okay, But even just going by their own cockamamie underestimated 8.5% number. Inflation in this country, uh, Phil, has gone up 485 percent since Joe Biden took office. I saw you tweet something out a few hours ago. The average American, if you do the math on all this, is losing thirty four thousand dollars every day on Joe Biden's watch. Quantify that for us.
4: Oh, well that's the stock market effect uh, that's the average 401k account is down $34,000 so people's retirements have really been hammered and that's not even with an inflation adjustment that's just the stock market crash of course in real terms uh, people have lost a lot more than that uh, because the you know the purchasing power of the dollar is down so much as well and to your point you know i don't know anyone who thinks prices are only going up 8% mm-hmm. uh, you know you look at almost every food item not only are they going up you know 10 15 20% uh, but the packages have all gotten smaller if you noticed that so you're paying more uh, for a smaller package and uh you know but to, to your point let's say it, let's say that it was 8%. We had almost no inflation uh, when Trump left the White House and you know he did a lot of things wrong during COVID they certainly spent a lot of money and it was almost all financed by Federal Reserve money creation but we were at a point I think uh, when Biden came in where we would have been able where the economy would have been able to di- digest all of that money creation, because we were seeing big productivity booms with everyone getting back to work and things sort of returning to a more normal footing. And the idea that you could just throw two trillion more dollars on top of all of that, uh, just through pure money creation, I really think kicked off this massive inflationary episode that we've had since then. And that's pretty widely believed among, you know, even sort of the mainstream, uh, you know, Wall Street type analysts and economists. They'll all say that it was that two trillion dollar inflation bomb at the beginning of the Biden administration that really kicked us into. To this gear that we've been on prices going up so dramatically, and Biden was warned. Everyone told him not to. Larry Summers said not to do it. Every every mainstream. Remember, they'd spent almost a trillion dollars in the lame duck session that December that Republicans had agreed to, which I think was a massive mistake in retrospect. Of course, uh, you know maybe they thought they were going to win the Georgia special elections, but uh, they had already put a lot of money into the system, and then Biden came in and said, "Let's throw another two trillion dollars on top," and that's what really kicked us into this high high inflationary. Uh, you know, track that we've been on because all of that was money created by the Federal Reserve. It's not like there were real mm-hmm. buyers for those Treasury bills to finance all of that additional spending. It was all purchased by the Fed, and so the money was created uh, to pay for all those checks that went out and all the spending and the massive fraud. By the way, that bill, that that two trillion dollar bill, something like, you know, something like twenty percent of that was probably stolen through you know fraud, and a lot of it was Nigeria and China and, and you know, foreign countries doing wholesale fraud of those unemployment programs and other things that were in that bill. So it was just a, a really catastrophic disaster.
0: Well, and you throw in the double whammy here, brother, with what's happened with energy. Maybe you can make an argument, going back to the first COVID bailout bill under Trump, that there would have been some back-ordered bill to pay from the inflation that that cost. Okay, but now we've got a double whammy where with the loss of energy independence, the cost of diesel in this country right now, so that that gets added on as well to the cost of, of the goods that it uh, transports across the country as well. in another form of an inflationary construct that I think is something you cannot make the case that if Trump were president, we'd be facing the dual specter of that because we have gone from some form of energy independence under Trump to, We're depleting our strategic petroleum reserves to levels not seen since the Cold War and getting really no benefit at the pump for it.
4: Yeah. Uh, One other thing I'll mention on that, Uh, Trump actually wanted to top up the strategic petroleum reserve when oil was basically trading at zero, Uh, when we were in the, uh, you know, when the world had locked down and oil was down to 10 bucks and even went negative. Trump wanted to do a massive purchase to fill up the the strategic petroleum reserve basically for free. And uh, Schumer made a big point about blocking that. And he said, I'm not going to let him buy the oil, you know, just, I guess, to spite him because he wanted to. And so uh, we would have had more to sell in uh, to sort of cushion us more from what Biden Biden's doing on that front, but uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, oil and gas production would be substantially higher than it is right now. And the Biden people like to say, well, you know, it hasn't gone down. It, it's at the same level it was at the end of the Trump administration. And that's true, uh, but that's not the way markets are supposed to work. When there's a mm-hmm. run up in prices, it's supposed to incentivize mm-hmm. more production. And if you look at what's happened as the barrel price of oil went up, every other country in the world. Responded to that market signal with increased production. Only the United States didn't. Only in the U.S. did it stay flat. And that's because of the massive policy thumbs on the scale from this administration in terms of their regulatory assault on oil and gas from the EPA and from the Interior Department and from the Securities and Exchange Commission, which for the first time they've changed into a climate regulator and from all of their other, you know, various efforts through Treasury and so forth. uh, They've made it so that you can't really invest in fossil fuel projects in this country. The capital's not there for it uh, because the regulatory environment is so hostile to it. You know, How do you build out an expensive new project that costs billions of dollars when you know the administration wants to destroy you and switch everyone to electric cars forcibly through government policy? And so the market hasn't responded. Uh, one of the groups I work with, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, just published a paper on this They calculated uh, the impact of Biden policies. And it's about two to three million barrels of american crude a day that's not being produced that would have been produced if we continued with trump administration policies and so what biden has done to oil production in the u.s is a larger cut than what opec plus just announced uh in terms of the world market and so a lot of the pain that we're feeling in terms of energy is self-inflicted by this administration
0: where are we after this election and I, to me, I think that it, looking at my own analysis, and I'll get into this later in our overtime, is the floor is a red wave. I mean, I, I think a tsunami is on the table. But even if we just get a generic red wave, Congress flips over. Final question, I've got about a minute. Where are we economically at the end of quarter one next year, do you think?
4: Well, um it's a tough question because I think it largely depends on the extent to which Congress can put the brakes on some of the things that the Biden administration is doing. And they're already being very aggressive uh, in sort of moving to what Obama did in his second term, which is sort of the pen and phone mode of governance. And I think the uh, the half trillion to trillion dollar student loan bailout is kind of the tip of the spear here. And we're all sort of waiting to see uh, what the circuit court in St. Louis, Missouri does. They heard the case last week. We're hoping that'll be blocked. And you know ultimately, of course, it's going to be either way in the district court. It's going to go up to the Supreme Court that's going to decide on that. But, you know, certainly if that case is decided unfavorably, and I'm optimistic that it won't be, but if that case is decided unfavorably, there's going to be another huge right. wave of government spending, even without a vote in Congress. And so we're hoping that a Republican Congress can sort of steer the ship around uh, economically, get spending under control, or at least not have more massive increases in spending that'll keep fueling bursts of inflation. But uh, part of that is going to be, uh, you know, that the Republican Congress is going to have to actually stand up up to the administration and block them, even if it means being willing to take things to a government shutdown, uh, because ultimately, if you're not willing to do that, um, at the end of the day, the president's going to do what he wants to do uh, across, you know, all of these different policy areas. And so they're going to have to be willing to have real confrontation uh, if they're going to turn things around.
0: In other words, we're not a nation of laws and we never have been. We're a nation of political will and we always will be something we see on this show a lot. Good to see you again, brother. Thank you for all your work. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Have a good one. You bet.
0: Any thoughts on that conversation with Phil Kirpin?
1: Well, Phil is A smart about a lot of different things. B I tweeted out the same thing today, echoing what I said on Friday. It this Republican Congress, it it's the end game. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, the way we view a representative republic. I I do think this is the most important election of our lifetime. The presidents have never supposed to have been running the show to begin with. It is supposed to be Congress. And we saw what they did last time with Obamacare when we had everything red. Well, if they do the same thing this time, uh, yeah, I don't... Honestly, I have no answers because the Joe Bidens of the world will learn that there are zero consequences to coloring outside the lines. I think people...
0: If you're watching this, you get this, okay? But it goes back to what I said a little while ago. It'd be 20 million people, a lot, come to the blaze every month. That would represent not even a third of Trump's vote in 2020, okay? There's a lot of other people out there that agree with us acro- across the board on a lot of different things that need to come to grips with the fact there will be no self-restraint shown by the other exactly. side. Exactly. They won't just look at objective data and outcomes and say, oh, we can't do that. That's bad for people. They're going to have to be punished. Yes. That is the only way they will not do future harm is to be punished. Amen. Hour two is next. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and, of course, all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can take advantage of by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, We Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Show on Twitter and Getter. Uh, get clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Show. And you can also find me on Truth Social at RealSteveDace there, at RealSteveDace there. Speaking of Truth Social, they're going to get To uh, submit the questions this week for the Ask Me Anything that we will do here in just a matter of moments. So be ready for that here in a second. This portion of the show, brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens. If you are a pet owner, you know that taking care of that dog means more than just food and water. It's an important part of your family. So making sure it's healthy and happy, that's important to you as well. And that's where Rough Greens comes in because a lot of the dog food, like too much of the people food these days, has been stripped. Of a lot of the vitamins minerals and nutrients that your pet needs for the same reason they're stripping a lot of the people food of this stuff for mass distribution longer shelf life that's why we're taking so many supplements these days as humans to put that stuff back into our diets and now there's one for your pet as well it's the rough greens powder that you mix in with your pet's store-bought food and you restore a lot of those vitamins minerals and nutrients your pet is missing but needs but You might be wondering, what if my pet doesn't like it? Or what if I don't see a difference? Steve, you are just talking about 485% higher inflation. The last thing I need is another wasted product. We agree. That's why we're going to give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to get you started. You pay for the shipping, so you have a few bucks vested in the process, and you won't just put it on the shelf and just let it sit there and collect dust. We think it's a good product for your pet, so we want you to try it. But we'll pick up the far bigger expense. The product itself. That first 14-day jumpstart bag is free for you when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. You just pay for the shipping, but the bag is free when you go to roughgreens.com or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, let's get to it. Today's Ask Me Anything. We've got questions from five-star reviews on our podcast. And if you've got a question, if you're a podcast listener that you'd like to to submit it for a future Ask Me Anything, embed it into your five-star review and you'll go to the front of the line for consideration next week. So we've got a few of those. And then we've got questions from Trump's Truth Social as well. Aaron, are you ready to go? Of course, I've not seen these ahead of time. You ready?
2: Yes, let's get it going. We'll start with three five star review questions, beginning with Amy Neal24. I would like to know why Steve is pro death penalty given the corruption and tyranny we face. If one is truly small government, why give them the ultimate power over life and death, although the death penalty is certainly deserved at times? Yes, it's in the Bible under the old law, not in the New Testament. I've always wondered this about my follow- fellow small government
0: conservatives. Well, first of all, you answered your own question. You said it's in the Bible. I don't want to be flippant, but best answer I got is it's in the word of God. Secondly, it is in the New Testament. Jesus is at the cross. He is flanked by two criminals. And one of them, Jesus says, hey, you will join me today in paradise. Now, why does Jesus say that of him? He admits his guilt. And... Admits who Christ is. Upon these two admissions. Does Jesus say, you know what? On second thought. Let this man down. He's done nothing wrong. Nope. No makes. While, while he's dying for these men right there on the cross. He makes no appeal to the injustice of their execution. None. By the way, the God... So I, I'm, 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 I believe in the Trinity. So the God that introduces that Old Testament law that includes the death penalty, that God is Jesus. So I don't agree that it's not in the New Testament at all. Uh, at no point is any argument against the death penalty made anywhere in the New Testament at all. Jesus said not one word of this law, that Levitical Mosaic law, will go unfulfilled. He's the one that gave that law. So I don't agree in the biblical dichotomy that you are introducing. Number two, um, I'm for limited government, not small government. I'm for limited government. What does limited government mean? limited to that which God says in his economy is the role of the state. What is the role of the state? The punishing of evildoers to be an avenging angel. That's in the new Testament. Paul's words in Romans 13 to be an avenging angel, avenging what those who have been wronged by evildoers to be an avenging angel against evil. So, you know, if we're, if we're trying to stop another George Floyd funeral, going to take a lot of cops for that, right? Yeah going to take bigger government for that yeah yeah if we're if we're invaded if we're invaded by the Japs on in Pearl Harbor going to take a big government uh, show of big government force to do that you're familiar with subsidiarity Steve it turns out yes, yes. yeah it, it, but that's is that a proper role of government right yeah it, it's to avenge evil yes yes it is so it's limited in its scope because of its limited jurisdictions government is not God. We get into what we call big government when government acts as if it is God. Well, Steve doesn't deciding who lives or dies isn't that, isn't that you playing God? Um, it, it is if you're doing it outside of the scope of what God has allowed us to deem for ourselves. For example, I don't like somebody. I make the decision they shouldn't live. Is that within the scope that God has permitted me to determine if they should live or die? Yeah. No. So therefore I'm what? I'm a murderer, right? Yes. That same person breaks into my home, puts a gun to my wife's head. Am I allowed to determine whether he should live or die in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm practicing what? Self-defense or defense of those that God has given me the jurisdiction to protect and defend. Right? So, um, it comes down to is that when 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 the police sniper takes out the bank robber with the gun to the teller's head are they playing god or are they playing the role the, and they playing the role that god's jurisdiction has granted them now all that being said if you want to make the case to me that granting any further power to this government given its clear nihilistic demonic influence it's probably a bad idea that's a potent argument and i would be willing to listen to that like can you can you trust the people who are in charge if vested certain powers that within their jurisdiction they are permitted to have but would you trust these individuals to have them right right okay. yeah I I can understand that. That's why we have elections, by the way, right? Because you don't trust the people uh, in charge to handle the divinely given jurisdictions that have been handed to them or to act as if they have, um, they get to determine what their divinely given jurisdictions are, right? Um, But do you know what the antidote to that is? The others performing their divinely given jurisdictions, so what is the antidote to criminal pseudo scientists and corporatists who believe they have the power over life and death to the point of endangering us all with the creation of these killer viruses and their even more killer jabs? The, the, the correct way to correct this is not to just not give anybody the power to do something about it, but to give the right people the power to do something about it and then demand that they do. And one of those things you bet your ass is executing people without question. There is not a single biblical argument against the the death penalty. There is not one. That doesn't mean that that there is a biblical affirmation of every use of the death penalty. Doesn't mean that either. But there is no biblical case against the death penalty. There isn't one. Anywhere. Genesis to Revelation. One does not exist. In fact, in the New Testament, two people. Uh, are called before Peter, where he confronts them in the book of Acts for the fact that they had blasphemed the Holy Spirit. They had claimed that they had given a certain act of charity, wholly and completely, out of the kindness of their hearts. Is that what they did, though? No, they didn't do that. They kept some of it for themselves. What happened to those two individuals when they were called into account by Peter? What happened to them? They fell down dead right in front of Peter. That was the penalty for their actions. Don't try to outnice God. Never works. Never works. Don't try it. Worship God as he is and deserves to be, not as we project upon him. That never works out. And we commit our worst atrocities, by the way, when we do that, regardless of what our motivations are. Super duper piety, authoritarian totalitarianism, regardless of what our motivations are, the worst forms of oppression in this world. Either the injustices we will permit and not deter by prosecuting them fully or that we will then commit ourselves. The worst oppression in this world happens when we project our views upon God. He owes us nothing. Nothing. He knew all along we would sin, we would fall. He knew the destruction we would heap because of it. He made us anyway. Allows us to love, to be loved, to have families, children, to be prosperous, to be gifted. Did he have to do any of that? No. No. Didn't. And that's before we even get to him saving some of us, right? We haven't even gotten to salvation yet. We're just talking about existing. Any of us worthy of salvation, any of us deserve it? No. Not a damn one of us do. He owes us nothing. Nothing. So whenever you get tempted to outnice God, start with that statement. What does God owe me? What does God owe anybody else? Nothing is the answer, every time.
1: I'm blown away. Uh, by that answer Uh, i don't think it needs to have anything added on but i'm glad you brought it full circle to the vaccine debate because the one we just didn't have time in the top of the show i just want to remind you if you don't think the death penalty is just when these big pharma vaccine fiends they, they know the evidence is out there that their technology is causing heart attacks and now they're going to give you a magical heart attacks vaccine that they know will give you just more heart attacks and they just don't care. i don't what do you think the remedy is to these people if they aren't threatened with the ultimate punch in the face they don't care about anything else that you have in line mm-hmm. i just i you, you I, I you really need to come to grips with the fact That there is evil that does not sleep, and it means to end you, and it is just to penalize them for this crime against humanity. I got
0: an email last week, well-meaning individual, very sincere, I think I shared this email with you, very sincere guy, and he was concerned at the level of um, persistence I am displaying and calling for executions. And
1: after... After a, After a fair trial, yeah. yes, of, of course. course, yes,
0: yes, of course.
1: Um, and, You're not madmen like them.
0: No, 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 no. We will give them a fair trial before we lethally inject them. You know, the, 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 the fair trials they didn't give us before they lethally injected all of us. Um, who says I don't believe in loving my neighbors as I love yeah. myself? Am I not merciful? Of course I do. I would not expect you to take my lethal injection without a fair trial, even though that's what you did to many people I know and care about. But he, he, you know, when, and he came back at me and, 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 and was, it was a very good email. I wasn't offended or anything. And, but he's like, one of the things he cited was the book of Esther. You know, about calling these people to repentance for such a time as this. And I responded back to him. I said, brother, at the end of the book of Esther, Haman is executed upon the same gallows by which he had constructed to practice genocide against God's people. That, that was how God handled his call to repentance. He executed him upon the same gallows by which he constructed to execute Esther's people. Because as Paul, also a Jew, writes in the New Testament in the book of Galatians, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will always reap what he sows. To his credit, the guy wrote me back and said, all right, touche. Nice. Next question.
2: We go now to in the midst of you. Uh, this is part of a much longer five-star review. Uh, wondering where they should move their family to in the uh, vein of getting out of blue states. Where would you go if a strong Bible-believing church and community was on the top of your list? Jobs, affordability, joining the fight. Note: We're raising young kids and realizing we aren't able to locate the place without thinking that might be California all over again.
0: Great question. And I think it comes down to what do you prefer? All right. Um, Is there a part of a region of the country that is more home to you? Things of that nature. If you're more Midwestern, I would look at a state um, that has gone from leans red to solidly red like our own. I would look at a state that is up for grabs like your home state of Wisconsin or my former home state of Michigan and try to boost your numbers in a place like that if you're more man i i I can't do winter and if that's you okay because i'm about to peace out on it myself all right i can't do it i can't do it many more years either man it's the middle of october he just said i'm wintered out Yeah, dude, code violation. I can't, all right? I mean, I'm driving around on dry pavement with four-wheel drive in my new truck just because, I mean, I just, I'm about winter broken, man. Okay, I'm about wintered out, all right? If that's you, or maybe you're more into no state income tax, because I have a lot of those in those places, too. I'd I'd go to a place like a Florida or Texas, uh, or even a, a state that's more traditionally considered red, but is really not read by reputation only, a South Carolina. That's. I mean, I would look at, there's plenty of options, and so I would look at, with that being said, do we like the change of seasons? Then, you know, look at some of those places in the upper Midwest that are up for grabs, okay? If it's like, nah, winter is verboting around here i'm not saying you can't be shallow at all (laughs) All by golly this is still the steve dace show all right i came here in person i dressed up as john fetterman for halloween I came to work in a hoodie. Okay. Um, I mean, don't, don't believe it's not, we're not saying you cannot be shallow whatsoever for goodness sakes, man. Okay. We were sitting here talking about our college football teams before the show began. All right. What we are saying though, is those things have to be prioritized in their right and proper place. Okay. So if, if, if you've got family or traditions, you like the change of seasons, you want to, a white Christmas means more to you than avoiding February. Right then look for those sorts of places in the upper Midwest to go. If you're like, uh, no, nah, we we be a tropical people. We cannot do that. And I like I like the no state income tax in the South as well. Then do that, okay? But that's the beauty of this. There's, there's plenty of places that either you can firm up or help to tip the scales with the right migration. You
1: didn't even mention Idaho, Arizona. I mean, there's a lot of places sure. out there, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Maybe you are a West Coast person. You know, and you're like, you know what? I would love to fly. I Can I do a one-day flight into somewhere in NoCal or SoCal to see a family member? Then I might look at an Arizona or an Idaho, like you just said, right? Okay, or a Montana. Yeah.
2: Do you want to la- address the last part of this question? Aren't able to locate the place without thinking that might be California all over Every right
0: place now. has the potential to be California.
2: So it's a si- simultaneously a defensive and aspirational yes. move.
0: Yes, yes. To move. Uh, b- before Reagan's amnesty in 1986... Republicans had won seven of the previous 10 presidential elections in California. Every time I've ever said that out loud, Aaron, as a kid born in 1993, what is your reaction to that? Uh, I mean, uh, I, might as well be, I might as well be citing the War of 1812 to you when yeah. I say stuff like that, right? Like, that's, like, that's like happened on another earth. But you and I are old enough to remember yeah. when the Reagan revolution was exported to the country from the state of California. Sure. OK, you and I are old enough to remember when Orange County, California was one of the reddest counties in the United States of America. OK, so it wasn't always like this. The Reagan amnesty of 1986 since that election or since that event, George H.W. Bush barely won California in 88. And then Republicans haven't won the state since. And many times haven't even gotten 40 percent of the vote statewide. So every place, because human nature is what it is, every place is one generation from becoming California, from sliding into the abyss. Every place is. I mean, the, the idea, when I started in Iowa, full time in political activism, otherwise called a radio show, in 2006, I mean, the, the idea that even we could joke that our state was, would be redder than Texas would have been considered insane. We sent Tom Harkin to the U.S. Senate for 30 years. Chuck Grassley was the right winger, okay? So, every place can go the way of the dodo bird. In the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John is given letters to seven churches to lead off that book. Those seven churches are all located in a place at the time that was known as Asia Minor. We know Asia Minor today as Turkey. And yet some of the most ancient Christian churches were established in a country where, despite its quote-unquote modernity, you don't have religious freedom there as a Christian, really. Lebanon is one of the oldest Christian enclaves in the history of the church. It's, It's a Muslim country now. You're always one generation from losing the light in your lampstand everywhere because we're dealing not with borders and um, physical enemies, but principalities and spiritual strongholds. Does that answer that question? Excellent. All right, let's get to our friends over at, this is a good time to mention Public Square, by the way the idea of building an all an alternative economy a parallel economy where you can uh, you know vote with your dollars do business with people who share your value system public sq or public square they're striving to create the largest uh, online directory of businesses and communities uh, that share our values, freedom-loving Americans in the country to try to push back against woke corporatism. Change starts with us in our wallets. How do we know? Do we have options to spend money with people? that believe the same things we do it's a great networking opportunity whether we're talking about local farms the coffee shop that took a stand against the covid mandates the bank that won't cancel you for your views etc you can also list your business there for free so your local community can find you today just download the app right now public sq for public square it's available in the apple app store and google play create a free account and begin your search public sq for public square public sq download the app today
2: Final five star review question. My America 10 says if someone wanted to create a virus that would kill the elderly, obese and chronically ill, but would not affect healthy young people and children, think Ezekiel Emanuel's complete lives system. Could they come up with a better vehicle to reduce population than COVID-19?
0: Absolutely not. I think we made the point, you know, when we still thought (laughs) it was a simpler time when we still thought that this was just explicitly a Chinese bioweapon operation before we fully knew what an Eco Health Alliance was or who a mm-hmm. Peter Dashik was, okay, or a Ralph Barrick, All right. But back in those, remember those jingoistic times? Oh, those were great days, right? Um, we, I even said on the show at the time. Is it far fetched to assume the same country that has killed how many millions of its own children before they were born to try to control the population? would then conjure up a virus to kill millions of people that are, uh, that are now useless eaters, that are really non-productive age groups or demographics of society. Is that really crazy to believe that? No. No. And that's what you're alluding to here.
1: Yeah, this is perfect. I mean, the people that want to great reset things, they ex- they don't want to exterminate humanity altogether because that includes them. This virus is a different question than the one, Steve, you just got talked Talking about uh, with Phil kirbin this one out of the Boston University and the eighty percent. I mean, that's a different animal mm-hmm. altogether. And quite frankly, I'm. Uh, it doesn't shock me that they're deeply responsible, but what the why behind that is a different question. It, it requires a different analysis than what happened in Wuhan.
0: Amen.
2: In a similar vein, we move on to questions from Truth Social. Kathy will lead off. How do you retain your sanity living in the constant knowledge of what's been done to us the past two years? So
0: I have two spiritual gifts and nothing wrong with bragging about your gifts because you didn't have anything to do with it. They were given to you, right? So you're really bragging on the gift giver, mm-hmm. okay? The, the one is the ability to um, access, um, funnel through, receive, decipher, um, and then communicate massive amounts of information and retain it, which helps me com- you know, create a lot of content in a short period of time and do what I do. Um, that's one. The other is compartmentalization. Now, those who love me and know me dearly might not necessarily agree that my level of compartmentalization is a spiritual gift the way that I can use it at times. Okay. But, um, I move on very quickly. I set things aside very quickly. I put things in their proper order very easily. Um... And that gift got honed by the way I was raised. I had to, I had to learn how to, to compartmentalize certain things, how to how to take that gift and understand that approval is not an automatic with people, starting with your own father. Security, safety um isn't an automatic. You might just come home one day or move into another neighborhood, going to a new school. Okay. And so these guys will tell you, when this thing ends on Friday afternoon and we're out of here, I'm out, right? Like I check out. Yes. Okay. Like, I'm out. You know. Um, and I have maintained my trivial pursuits. They are trivial. I love football, but it's a trivial pursuit. Okay. But I have maintained my trivial pursuits to get my mind off of this. Some of you have said, well, give up football because they hate America and, you know, go out in the woods and I can't do that. The reason why is my mind won't shut down on its own. It doesn't shut down in quiet. My mind needs to be occupied by something else. If my mind is not fully engaged in something frivolous, then guess what it'll be engaged in instead. This all the time, all the time. So I'm not, you know, Mr. Nature guy. Not, I can't do that. Um, So, you know, I've got football season. I've got, you know, uh, video games with my son. You know, I have certain trivial pursuits that I use to just be a dude named Steve and not get absorbed and obsessed with this. That's my Sabbath and what I do. Now, I recognize, as Todd has said on the show, these are trivial pursuits. I love them. They're important to me, but they're not paramount. They're not of a priority, you know? So, I mean, I, I work 68 to 80 hours a week, Monday through Friday. So I can have four to six hours on a Saturday to watch a college football Saturday. Okay. And then on the, on the weekends, we don't have football season. I give as much time as I possibly can, even more than they want me around to my family. So that later on when I need to take a, you know, I need to withdraw some out of the account I've deposited enough in that no one feels like the old man doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? So so be that's me telling you to also be very strategic about how you think about your frivolous time. Because as men, any time we take away from the, the the duties and honors and obligations people need, want, and expect from us, that's putting another strain on other people. So you have to earn the right to those trivial pursuits. You have to earn the right to know. Dad needs a break. Give the only. Give pops a break, All right. And he'll talk to us after the game. As opposed to, Dad doesn't care about us. He's what he cares more about the game instead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it'll be how you treat them until the moment before that. Before that game day, that'll determine what their reaction to that moment is. So be even be intentional, and mature and adult about how you schedule your frivolous time but absolutely make sure that you do you have any thoughts on that
1: well I agree with everything you said and I and none of that comes as a surprise it's knowing as well as I, I do uh, I would just say for me this is the most real life has ever been we we know so much about the reality uh, that we lived before and it's not the fact that we were comfortable and had largesse not a sin taking it for granted and being gluttons mm-hmm. uh, and thinking it was all due to us and not due to god mm-hmm. that was the sin we Amen. now know who a david french was we didn't we know so much more life has never been more real that's how i get through
0: or you could just give in Todd's answer which was a lot shorter and just as good so that's well said as well. I will right, we'll come back more ask me anything when we do here in just a few moments on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. We haven't talked about our friends over at Cozy Earth in a while, but these are absolutely fantastic sheets. That's why they've earned thousands of five-star reviews when you go to CozyEarth.com. Soft, soft, I should say, soft, soft, luxurious, temperature-regulating for someone as hot-blooded as me. That is a big thing, all right? Uh, These are phenomenal. Uh, Absolutely awesome uh, bedding. And I couldn't agree more with all the five-star reviews. Uh, I've, I've had a chance to sleep on these every single night for the last few months, and they are just really, really something. Really comfortable. Uh, 100% viscous. Do you know what that is, Todd? No. You know why you don't know what it is?
1: Because I'm me.
0: Because you're hetero. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is either. I do like, though, how the ad agency assumed I would not know how to pronounce it, and so they phonetically put it in the ad. You get me. You totally get me. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Um, But it comes from bamboo, which means it is breathable and moisture wicking. Do you know what moisture wicking means?
1: You're less wet?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't tell you what it means. I don't Uh. know. None of that's important if you are a dude. None of that's important. All that's important is they're just damn good sheets. I mean, they're very, very comfortable. All right. Uh, And they give you a 100-night sleep trial. That means you, we would assume you might put them through the wash maybe once or twice during that period of time, right? Okay. You know, so they just get out of the box. What about, they still hold up with that moisture wicking? Whatever that is. Okay. After you put it in through the laundry, 100 night sleep trial. And if you don't like it, Full refund. Can't beat that. All right. Save 35% right now on Cozy Earth Bamboo Bedding when you go to CozyEarth.com slash Steve. That's CozyEarth.com slash Steve, all backed by their 100-night sleep guarantee. 35% off when you go to CozyEarth.com slash Steve. All right. Let's get back to our Ask Me Anything. Aaron. Brought
2: to you by your audience on Truth Social, we go now to Holster, who asks, do you miss anything about your old studio? No, I'm not, I don't even have any nostalgia. Like I can't even,
0: it. <laughs> and it wasn't like we came in here every day and like complained about it either. No. Okay. But I mean it, the old studio, here's the analogy I would give my, my first car uh, that my parents, my parents bought me my first car and my first car, which they purchased for me in 1989 when I was uh, 15 years old was a 1976 Ford Granada. It was silver with red interior and a vinyl top, and the vinyl top was just ripped to shreds. Ripped to shreds, all right? I love that thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm driving a 2020 uh, Ford Ranger XLT right now. But I was so thankful at the time for that Ford Granada because of what it represented, right? That's kind of how I view that studio because that also, this studio is also the difference between a 2020 Ford uh, Ranger XLT and a 1976 Ford Granada, okay? That's a great analogy. Yeah. Um, So I was very thankful for that studio and what it represented employment, okay? But this studio is um, in a different, not zip code, stratosphere. Anybody agree, disagree? Agree. Agree. All right.
2: JMBJR asks, I'm in my mid-30s. How does my generation do a better job of not mistaking traditions for nostalgia, meaning removing ideas and practices that are detrimental to growth without starting over every generation and disregarding sound knowledge?
0: I'm going to give you an answer you may—it's a great question, but I'm going to give you an answer you may not expect. I think— for your millennial generation, the temptation will be to actually acknowledge tradition. I think you need to be more afraid of, for me, as a, as a Gen Xer, like I, I remember senior year choir still doing like traditional Christmas carols. And then I remember going and visiting my same high school, like five years later, and they, they called it a winter concert. Like, it's almost like we were like the last remnant of traditional Americana. You know what I'm saying? And like, and like a switch got flipped after we hit, you know, college and, you know, the mob outside of Lot's house came across the border all at once. Right. To us, I think for... That's, that's a far bigger challenge for boomers and, and Gen Xers. Is the mistaking of nostalgia for tradition. For you guys as millennials, and then those of you who are younger, I, I would actually challenge you on being open to acknowledging tradition. Because the temptation is when you are immersed and have lived only in a society, as Aaron has pointed out on this show numerous times, sadly accurately... That these institutions were never yours. They were never for you. They never gave you the benefit of the doubt. They never were for the protect, protection and defense of your value system. The temptation is to, to act as if the world started when you were born. You know what I'm saying? So my, my challenge to your generation as a millennial brother would be to actually embrace that there is tradition. There, there was, don't become the right wing version of woke there was a country there was a culture there was customs there was a legacy there was a heritage before all this went to the toilet here in the last few years seek that out i would actually urge you to seek out more tradition and err on the side of embracing nostalgia because then you're anchored to nothing the one the the major criticism i have whenever we have Catholic or evangelical debates on the show. Um, Todd will know my, my my disagreement with Catholicism is over ecclesiology. I Don't bring me your ecclesiastical authority claims when you don't even uphold your own claims. Why would I take you seriously when you don't? I mean, what... Is it a magisterium or is it a bureaucracy? Those are two totally different things. Are we holding, are we, are we, are we enforcing a narrow road? Or are we just, you know, taking a collection here? I don't, I I got enough of that. But to my evangelical brethren, the total jettisoning of all tradition. So it's almost as if there were no Christians in the world until Luther nailed the theses to the door. Well, what happened the previous 1500 years? I mean, what was the history of the church prior to that? And I think one that's one of the things, or one of the major reasons why Protestants, in, in my view, Western Protestants are under siege by simplistic and easily debunked heterodoxies and... Um, and just flat out heresies because they have no anchor within an earthly realm. There's not a bridge from the transcendent word of God to, okay, how do I, how am I the hands and feet of this? How do I live this in a real world? How do I take it out of the context of first century epistles and apply it to the, the century in which I'm a part of? And then how did previous centuries... How did they do that in the 12th century? How did they do it in the 15th? What did they do in the 11th century? What did they do? A lot of Protestants don't know the answer to that. The assumption is that basically Christianity began with the Reformation. Or began with the Schofield Bible Notes from the Moody Bible Institute. Okay. What do we do for... I mean, at the latest, what we call canon finished being written probably somewhere around 90 AD at the latest, more than, most likely. At the absolute latest. So, what'd we do for an eon and a half after that? What'd we do? There were no Muslims in the world until 9-11, for example. So, church never encountered Islam, never knew what to do, never... Encountered its claims, its challenges. You see my, well, what am I looking at you for? You know my point. Yes. All right. That idea of nothing that provides any kind of a bridge, maybe for a Protestant anchor is not the right word. I said the word anchor and Todd sat straight up in his chair and said, I'm, I'm listening. All right. Maybe the word I'm looking for here is bridge. All right. What's the bridge from the transcendent word of God? To the time and space that we have to live in today what what helps me to decipher how now do i live history and tradition the learning of mistakes and and uh, and honors that the saints who came before me the large cloud of witnesses that are mentioned in the book of hebrews that's the bridge that's what helps me to know oh so this guy john of damascus was debating shakes and caliphs in islam at you know in the seventh century What were they debating? What were they talking about? Might be helpful today. I don't know. Certainly wouldn't hurt me to know, would it? No. But almost all of that history is out of the evangelical church. I mean, if you don't know anything about Augustine, I'm sorry, you have really no framework of a biblical worldview. You really don't. Because after Paul, Augustine was the most influential human figure in church history. doesn't mean you doesn't mean you have to agree doesn't mean he was always right but you cannot you can't you're literally just going to say you know i'm just gonna take the guy that at the very least for the at, at the very least until the reformation he was absolutely the most influential thinker in church history after paul and you're gonna be like but i'm gonna totally and rightly divide this by not knowing any of that because what these people were doing they were terraforming christendom in real time they were living it they took these truths of the apostles and we're now trying to pass them down and live them out. Why not learn from their mistakes, from their face plants, from their successes? And I think for, if you're a millennial or a Gen Xer, or, or Gen, I'm sorry, a millennial or Gen Zer, that's your temptation. Is to say, well, it's just always been like this. It has not always been like this. It's always been, it's always had weaknesses because we're humans. But it's not always been as systemically a toilet bowl as it is right now. We once had institutions that were so zealous in prosecuting crime, we had to stop them from hanging people before fair trials because they go too far in their zealotry the other way. Let alone, hey, look at the teacher with the, seven, with the technicolored hair and the 75 nose rings and, and she's telling my co- child what gender she is. Let me just drop her off and not pay attention to what she teaches my kid all day. That's not the way this always was, guys. It wasn't always like this. So for those of you that are millennials or Gen Zers, I think your challenge is to seek out tradition. Because you're coming into an era where you're, because all these institutions are against you, you're assuming this was always the case, and it wasn't. These Ivy League schools that are now these hubs and receptors for spirit of the age indoctrination were originally all founded to be seminaries. Vanderbilt University, which, thanks to Matt Walsh and a few legislators, had to be stopped from mutilating kids a month ago. Was the, first was the first full-time divinity school founded in the southeastern United States. By both the generosity of the Vanderbilt family and also a large grant of the Protestant Christian Church. Probably didn't know that though, did you? So I would actually urge your generations to go back and seek out that tradition. And maybe then you'll learn how we, how we boomers and Gen Xers blew it here, and let that, let those, let go of the rope, and put us in the position we're in now.
1: I think it's interesting in the question about taking something for granted. I think this question takes something for granted, it, and it's what you said earlier about what what happened to all those uh, famous Christian churches uh, in Turkey or mm-hmm. Lebanon. Like, this is you, you're kind of assuming that the same terra firma is going to exist. You can't assume that. Right. You can't assume your generations. Did you think 10 years ago we were going to be talking about tranny bathrooms? Mm -hmm. We are. Hey, once you let go of the rope, what do you say, Steve?
0: it goes fast. Yes. I mean, if you're a millennial or a Gen Z or hope that you make the mistake of falling for it's, nostalgia, that's my point. You yes. want, you want that to happen because then you might've actually won this thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get out of here, have we had a recent event recently that uh, um, uh, might've said that they might just decide, you know, safe, effective award-winning medications uh, at a time of great need would be denied of you. So you couldn't have access to them.
1: Something does come to mind. It's, it's foggy, right? Yes. Yeah. But
0: They'd never do that to you again, would they? I promise they will. You bet your ass they will, which is why this time, be prepared with our friends over at Jace Medical. Look at them as kind of the My Patriot supply of antibiotics. Uh, They've got uh, emergency kits with some of the best, most effective antibiotics in the world. Doxycycline, amoxicillin, et cetera. Uh, And they can give you after, of course, you go through the, a licensed physician and a prescription, they can hook you up with that so that the next time they try to say, yeah, that award-winning medicine, you can't take that anymore because we're trying to kill you or we're trying to make you wait until our cutting-edge jab that'll kill you comes out. Right? Uh, make sure that you are prepared just in case they do it again, which they will. All right. Uh, go to Jace medical.com. takes just a few minutes right now. Uh, they make it easy and affordable. Fill out an online questionnaire. Physician will evaluate your needs and then the medication will be dispersed to you. Uh, if you qualify, it'll be dispensed by a licensed physician for a fraction of the regular cost. It takes just a few minutes. I met with these guys just a couple weeks ago Uh true believers that they don't ever want to see what just happened with things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine ever happen again all right jace medical j-a-s-e jace medical.com want to do rapid fire
2: let's do hyper rapid fire constantine 2007 says is there anything that we can finally do to remove the turtle mitch mcconnell from leadership other than a MAGA wave or the final call from the lord
0: no he will be propped up beside the jukebox when he dies Uh, mitch mcconnell i mean we will be in red wave prison camps mitch mcconnell will still be republican senate leader
2: The Real McCoy asks, Steve, with the knowledge that man cannot live on pumpkin spice alone, what's your favorite meal or meals?
0: Uh, Pizza, because I can, with the toppings, I can make it almost anything. I can make a cheeseburger, I can make it Italian pizza, and uh, ooey, gooey, uh, just out of the oven, chocolate chip cookies.
2: Pat Riot says, odds of a uh, full kinetic war breaking out over Ukraine, nuclear or not? I hope low. Brady Krieger says CDCs remove the mask mandate. How do you get local hospitals to listen to this?
1: I I, I don't know.
0: I mean, that that was what I was about to say. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like you're kind of asking me. How do I get Hail Bob to you know (laughs) not Hail Bob? I don't I don't know what to tell you. I don't I don't know.
2: Charles Kentfield says, "Is Tennessee this year's Cinderella for the college football playoff?"
0: Well, I mean, I can make an argument. They ought to be the number one team in the country right now, looking at what they've accomplished on the field. So, yeah is the answer you bet
2: and finally unruly i just thought this was funny this is why unruly husker asks is it finally time to crown cooper rush as the number one quarterback in dallas (laughs) six hours six hours later he responds or he or she responds would deleting this question be a man code violation
0: (laughs) no the man code violation is not being wrong it's not admitting when you are that's false bravado Okay, that's false pride. That's fragile male ego stuff. Nothing wrong with admitting being wrong. Okay? Now, the Dude Code does call for you to to make sure you're not wrong very often. It does do that. Don't strive to
1: be wrong. Okay? Especially about the same thing. Yes, yes. yes.
0: But that then comes with the other expectation, and the rare event you are, be willing to own up to and admit to it, right? Great show, guys. Appreciate all the questions. As always, we're back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then... John 3, 17. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.